Welcome to Pull Up the Tape Podcast, the podcast that keeps you connected by providing all the hottest and most current takes in the world of sports. This podcast is a full version of today's episode. Lastly, share this podcast with anyone you know that loves basketball, boxing, football, MMA, and soccer. It's greatly appreciated. Happy listening and enjoy the episode. Okay, today is September 28th, Tuesday, September 28th. It's a beautiful, it's, it's going to be an amazing day. It's going to be an amazing day, okay? I'm really excited to be doing this podcast right now. I, I can't even stress how happy I am to be doing this right now. It has been such a long time since the last podcast I did. It's almost three months, okay? And trust me. I'm going to get into all that. We, I, I got a great podcast planned ahead of today. I, I'm really excited. But it, it, doesn't, it doesn't make any sense for me not to address my hiatus and why, what exactly happened and why I hadn't recorded in almost 90 days, okay? So <clears throat> before I get to that, I honestly want to thank every single person that reached out to me, that commented on my old videos asking me where I'm at, what's good, that DM'd me. That told me like, yo, we're, we're waiting for a podcast. What's up? We, we miss you. We need you. I genuinely appreciate that. Appreciate that shit from the bottom of my heart. Because I remember times where I didn't record a podcast for months. Nobody reached out. Nobody cared. Nobody nothing. So that is an amazing sign to me that, show, that shows, shows me I'm growing. I'm growing my fan base. I'm growing my audience. And people genuinely rock with me and fuck with me. And I, and I genuinely appreciate that shit from the bottom of my heart. I can't even I can't even explain how how amazing that shit made me feel. The fact that people are DMing me, reaching out like, "Yo, it's good. Like, where you at? Are you good?" Like, and then eventually it was some there was some aggressive comments like, "Yo, where the fuck you at? Where the podcast at? What's up, nigga? Where you at?" And then there's people, you know, reaching out like, "Hey, yo, are you good? Like, you haven't dropped the episode in a minute. Like, what's good?" And then there's people like, "Yo, whatever you're doing, we hope you, we hope you're back soon." So, I'm gonna clear up everything right now. So, as you guys can see, I'm recording in a Brand new, like this. This background is completely different. Feel me? We got, we got, we got Gigi right here. Hold on, we got Gigi right here. We got Kobe right there. We got Gigi and Kobe right here. We got we a different background going on. You know what I mean? And that's because I'm in a brand new studio. I no longer do business out of my old studio. For those of you guys who don't know, along with being a YouTuber and a podcaster, I own my own entertainment studio. It's a recording studio which is on the, in the room right behind me. It's a photography studio, which is down the hall, and it's a podcast studio. I'm recording a podcast in this room. There's another room that you can record a podcast as well. So it took me a while to get things going. Uh, the, last, the reason why I stopped recording is because I didn't have a studio anymore. Uh, for the entire month of July, I didn't have a studio. Uh, my last studio was uh, the lease ended July, June 31st, so I spent... All of July, looking for a studio. I was trying to find one before, but uh, unfortunately, things didn't work out the way I planned. Uh, I was able to secure this spot, which is an amazing spot. Um, and I'm just really excited 
because now everything is finally up and running. I'm about to reopen to the public October 1st. So I'm just really, really excited to get things going. Um, I'm going to be in here for the next three years. There will never be a hiatus of that long ever again. Um, it just it just took a while for everything to get right. For every it, It's over 500 pictures in this room alone. It's over 500 pictures in the next room. A lot of things, it took time to, to get everything. You know, I did it, most of the stuff by myself. I own the studio with my brother, but my brother doesn't live in Los Angeles. He lives in the Bay Area. He's moving soon. So it took a while for me to get all the things the way I wanted it to look, the aesthetic. Uh, even this wall right behind me, man, it took hours on top of hours. It took hours to find these pictures. All types of shit, honestly. So I, I want to I sincerely apologize to all my, few, my viewers, my subscribers, my fans, people that truly, genuinely fuck with me, the people who tapped into my podcast through my viral uh, Kyle Kuzma video through the Ben Simmons video, whatever it is, however you tapped in, I genuinely want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart. Um, I, I'm here. I'm here to stay. Let's get this shit. Like, oh man, oh oh man, oh the NF NFL's back. Soccer's back. Basketball is coming. Let's go. There's nothing left to say. Let's go. Let's just jump right into it. So today is Tuesday. So obviously you know what happened yesterday. Monday Night Football, okay? So let's get into it. Let's get this shit. Ha-ha! Woo-hoo-hoo! All right, so the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia, the Dallas Cowboys. Usually I say cowgirls, but I'm going to give them their respect today. The Dallas Cowboys. How about them boys? Oh, man. Beat the Philadelphia Eagles. And this game... Which was, you know, pretty pretty close in the first quarter. But, you know, honestly, the Cowboys have shown me over the course of, you know, this season so far that they are a complete team. Week one, they went toe-to-toe with the, with the Super Bowl champions, defending Super Bowl champions, and almost won. A game that they honestly should have won, in my opinion. They went toe-to-toe with the budding Chargers. The Chargers just beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead. So the Chargers are looking like a complete team. So the Cowboys, the Cowboys have played quite, the Cowboys have a quality resume as of right now. Almost beat the Super Bowl champs, beat a good team that beat the, the team that they beat in the in the Super Bowl. And yesterday, they went out and handled business against a team that is inferior to them. They like good teams are supposed to beat the shit out of bad teams. And that's what happened. So I, I don't want to, I don't want to I don't want to overhype the Cowboys uh for doing what they should have done yesterday, but props to them. Because there are teams that Play down to the level of competition, and I've seen that over and over and over and over again over the course of me being a, 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 a sports fanatic, a sports lover. So shout out to the Cowboys for not doing none of that shit. They're like, oh, yeah, we're here to handle business. They put that shit on the Eagles, okay? And like I said, it was a tale of two tapes, two teams, one team that obviously was a complete team that came to play on all three phases of the ball, offense, defense, and special teams. While another team that, you know, you can just tell they, have, they, they still have a lot of question marks to figure out. They have a lot of question marks to figure out. So, I mean, and we, we, we all know who's who. So, that's that. Cowboys. Cowboys looked amazing. Eagles. Ugh, I don't know. I want to give a big, 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 big props to Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn, for you guys who don't know, was the defensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. Dan Quinn was the, 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 the defensive coordinator. Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator. He was the one calling the plays for the Legion of Boom 
when they went out and were terrorizing the league. When they went out and were terrorizing the league in 2012-2013, Dan Quinn was the man, the, the man, man behind all that. Was calling the plays, calling what, what had Earl Thomas looking incredible, had Richard Sherman, Brandon Browner, Cam Chancellor, all that. So Dan, Dan Quinn in, in NFL circles is looked at a looked as a defensive guru. He knows what he's doing on on defensive side of the ball. Unfortunately for him, you know he he didn't have the best stint in Atlanta, even though he was able to get them to the Super Bowl, and they did choke that away. He was honestly a very good coach, and I honestly feel like Atlanta gave up on him. Uh, so, I mean, it is what it is. You live and you learn. With, with the way the NFL works, you're on one team, you're a head coach on, on one team, the next year you could be a defensive coordinator, vice versa, so on and so forth. It is what it is. The Cowboys currently lead the league in takeaways. They have eight. They have eight. So... That's on that's I don't I I can't remember the exact okay yesterday they had two. Last week they had three and the week before that they had three. So three, three, two. So the Cowboys are a quarterback's best friend. The Cowboys defense is a quarterback's best friend. Why? Because they give the offense extra possessions. That's incredible. The Cowboys currently lead the league in takeaways. They have eight. You do you know how long it took them to get eight last year? Week eleven! Week they what what it took them eleven weeks to do they did in three weeks this year that is a massive improvement massive improvement massive and the crazy thing about the crazy thing about the Cowboys defense is they're missing key starters Demarcus Lawrence Demarcus Lawrence is 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 on IR he's he's set to come back like week ten week eleven they're miss they're missing key starters on both sides of the ball okay so. This means that the Cowboys' defense can get even better. The Cowboys as a team could look I, – I, I, th- I think it's so crazy that I'm sitting here right now gassing the Cowboys up, knowing <laughs> – wow. Anyways, Trayvon Diggs. Oh, my God. I don't know what the fuck is in the Diggs family, gene pool or whatever, but Stephon, Stephon Diggs, Trayvon, I don't know if they got a, a younger brother or cousins or what's going on with that, but Trayvon Diggs looked like a Pro Bowl corner yesterday. Oh, my God. And Trayvon Diggs is the first Cowboy in 36 years to have an interception in the first three games of the season. The last person to do that was Everson Walls in 1985. Count it up. That's 36 years. 36 years. He's something. Okay? At this point in the season – I'm not, I'm not going to call him a shutdown corner or anything like that because I don't feel like he, he's all the way there yet to the point where he can you could put him on the best receiver and he's just going to neutralize him like Jalen Ramsey or something like that. But no, he, he's not that yet. And he honestly might never even be that. But what he is is a playmaker. He makes plays. He's a ball hawk and he sniffs the ball out. He is a ball hawk and he makes plays, man. He – hey – he was he mm, he was on Devontae Smith like white on rice. He was on his ass. Ooh, it's some Alabama. It, it's some hey, it's some Crimson Tide on Crimson Tide black on black crime. Crimson Tide on Crimson Tide crime. It was it was a whole lot of a whole lot of lot of going on last night. Oh man, what a great game! So I'm, I'm about to I'm about to jump jump from the defense to oh yeah yeah also shout out also Dicky Zua for getting his first career sack fours up. Uh, that's Alex's YDN brother. I had to give him a shout out. I, I watched that play. Um, so I want to give him, I want to show him some love. 
Dak Prescott. Oh my God, Dak Prescott. Oh man, let me let me let me start off by by saying, I have so much respect and admiration for Dak Prescott, which is which is crazy because for such a long time I was like one of Dak Prescott's biggest critics, crit, crit, critics, critiquers, whatever, whatever, whatever the fuck you haters, whatever, whatever the fuck word you want to call it, I was that. I was never sold on Dak Prescott. I was never really all the way too impressed with Dak Prescott and what he brought to the table until now. Honestly, Dak Prescott has showed me a lot this season. And I know it's really early, but man, has he looked good. He's poised. He's confident. He's in complete control of the offense. Like, he just looks like he looks like him out there. Oh, my God. He looks like him out there, man. He he just he's a leader. He's like and I to think all the stuff he had to overcome to get to this point over the past year, man. I I salute him. Hats off to him, man. He looked incredible last night. Twenty one of twenty six for two hundred thirty eight yards and three touchdowns, man. Three touchdowns. You can't get any more efficient than that. He had only five incompletions. Five incompletions. He threw three touchdowns, man. Oh, my God. Shout out to him. And he orchestrated a, an amazing show of offense by the Cowboys. The Cowboys had 27 first downs compared to Philly's only. Philly only had 12. Philly had 12 first downs. The Cowboys had 27. Oh, my God. Zeke. Zeke. Feed that nigga the fucking ball. Feed Zeke the ball. 17 carries, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Tony Pollard, 11 carries, 60. Hey, hey the Cowboys got a one-two. Even, even though in a perfect world and to, to fantasy owners, they don't want to hear this, but the Cowboys have an amazing one-two punch in the backfield. Hey, Zeke showed yesterday he's still him. I, I, I seen, you know, Zeke might not. I, I'm not even, even going to be one of those guys to say, oh, Zeke's not who he was a couple years back. Zeke's 20, Zeke's 20, Zeke is 26. He's 26 years old. He's, he's still him. He still has it. Yesterday, he ran with, a, he ran with aggression, with force. He was a nigga out there. Him. He's something. He's something. Oh, my God. And altogether, hey, I, you got to give, a, you gotta give a, a, a round of applause. I can't really, I can't believe I'm sitting here gassing the Cowboys. You got to give a round of applause to the Cowboy, Cowboys offensive line. They protected Zeke, and they, they played smash mouth football in the run game. They were putting hats on hats and moving shit. Hats on hats and moving. Just creating hole after hole for the backs. It, it, it was fun to watch. Uh, not if you're an Eagles fan. Dalton Schultz, six receptions, 80 yards, two touchdowns. CeeDee Lamb. Three receptions, 66 yards, and just looked, honestly, that shout out to the Cowboys. They looked incredible. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Even though they were playing inferior competition, but it is what it is. That's the league. You play who's in front of you. Let me get to the, oh, my God, the Eagles. <clears throat> Jalen Hurts, 25 of 39, 326 yards, two touchdowns and two interceptions. Let me be the first to say Jalen Hurts needs to stop. I repeat. Jalen Hurts needs to stop. I'm going to say this one more time. Jalen Hurts needs to stop staring down his receivers. 
He makes it. He he looks predictable out there when he does that. that that's man. I, the verdict, and you know it's you know it's crazy. It, it's a lot of people that are feeling like ah, I don't know. Is is Jalen Hurts a long term long term solution for the for for the Eagles at quarterback? It's too early to say. I'm not gonna say he is. I'm not gonna say he's not. We're just it, it, I don't I don't know the answer to that. We're just gonna have to write it out and we're gonna see. We're just gonna have to write it out and see see how this plays out. See how this whole thing shakes up. But yesterday was not the strongest showing from him. Yesterday was not it. Yesterday was not it. And and he didn't get, oh, my God. And he got absolutely zero help from the running game. Why, listen, listen to this. Jalen Hurts himself had nine carries for 35 yards. The next closest person was Miles Sanders with 27 yards. And 24 of those yards came on one carry. So absolutely zero running game, non-existent whatsoever. My, if you take away, like I said, take away Miles Sanders' 24-yard run outside of Jalen Hurts, the Eagles' offense had five yards of rushing. Five fucking yards. One, two, three, four, five. Five yards. How the fuck are you going to beat anyone with five yards of rushing? Come on now, that's unacceptable. That's unacceptable. The, oh. the, the, the play calling was horrendous. I don't even understand. I don't, a, a defense as good as the Cowboys, that, like, like I said, it has the capability of, 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 of wreaking havoc. You have to keep them guessing. And, and putting Jalen Hurts in a situation where he has to throw the ball almost 40 times and he ho- only hands it off, Shit, three? That doesn't even make any sense. Jalen Hurts handed the ball off three times last night. Three times. That's unacceptable. As I said, the offense just wasn't productive at all. At all. They just looked bad. On They, uh, they had one or two drives. They looked bad for the most part. Oh, my God. As I said before, Cowboys offense had 27 first downs. The Eagles offense had 12. That's just, just bad. That's just bad offense, bad execution, bad everything, honestly. Dallas Goddard, two receptions, 66 yards. Zach Ertz, four receptions, 53 yards. Jalen Rager, five receptions, 53 yards. There's not really much to talk about the, the Eagles offense. The Eagles as a team, they just all the way looked bad. Defense was getting gashed left and right. They, they just got manhandled in every phase of the game. They just didn't look like a complete team. It just after, – after like the second – midway through the second quarter, the game just got out of hand. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, man. What a game. So, again, shout-out to the Eagles. No, shout-out to – oh, hell no, shout-out to the Eagles. Shout-out to the Cowboys for, for handling business. Eagles, there's so much room for improvement. Um, don't feel, I guess don't feel too bad because they got beat up on by a team that possibly has the chance to go very, very deep in the playoffs and make it to the NFC championship. Wouldn't surprise me if they did, but it is what it is. Not the best Monday night football game, not as good as last week's, but it is what it is. You can't really argue with that. Um, yeah. So next thing I want to get into is there's some, some, some congratulations in, in, in order. Money, 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 money. Hey. Money, 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 money. Yeah, 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 we pay. Yeah, 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 we pay. Michael Porter Jr. got paid. Okay, 
He signed a five-year contract extension that's worth up to $207 million if within the next year he makes an all-NBA defensive, all-NBA team, which honestly I don't see, see happening because I don't think he's one of the best 15 players in the league. I don't see him making a defensive team because I don't think he's one of the best 10 defenders in the league. And I for sure don't see him winning the MVP with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic on his team. So in actuality, the contract might be worth a little bit less because there's an incentive that if he if he if he gets that gets one of those things done, he gets an extra 40 million. But realistically, I don't see that happening. So the deal is going to be worth uh, somewhere around 170 million or something like that, which is still a lot of fucking money. So after signing this extension, he's locked in with the Denver Nuggets until 2027. Okay, that's that's a long time from now. Okay. He's gonna and and during the length of his of his deal as of right now, he's gonna be making 10 more million than Jamal Murray, 12 more million than Jokic over the length of his deal. And to people that, you know, are are a little skeptical about about this deal and you know, the Nuggets like, oh, his injury history, blah, blah, blah. I don't think you guys really have anything to fear. Nugget fans, you don't really have much to fear. Because I feel like the Nuggets front office were, were smart enough to add injury provisions into the contract. So, sort of what sort of similar to what the Sixers did with Joel Embiid and you know, cause because of all the issues he had with his knee, his foot, and X, Y, and Z. I don't think they blindly just guaranteed X amount of money to Michael Porter Jr. considering his injury history, but it is what it is. Um, some people might ask why so much money for a guy who only started 62 games out of almost 200 that he could have played. But here's the truth of the matter, okay? If Michael Porter Jr. pans out, and I'm going to say big if because injuries are a thing, injuries are a thing, injuries are a thing, injuries are a thing. They have We've seen over the course of the past 10 years what injuries have done to several players. Like Klay Thompson has Clay Thompson signed. Klay Thompson hasn't played – I don't know how long he's been. He's just been collecting checks. Not that, not that that's a bad thing or anything like that or anything like that. But you know, injuries are a part of the game. And if you guarantee money to some uh, somebody who gets injured, it is what it is. You still have to pay that individual. We've seen what injuries did to Derrick Rose. We've seen what injuries did to Brandon Haywood, Gordon Haywood. I apologize. We've seen what injuries did to Brandon Roy. We've seen what injuries did to T Mac. Injuries are just a part of the game, and unfortunately, it's a big part of the game, and you just never know when you're going to get hit with the injury bug. But truth of the matter is, if he pans out and he stays healthy, big if on if he stays healthy, he can easily be a top 10 player in the league come his mid-20s. So when he gets to like my age, when he's like 25, 26, 27, don't be surprised if, if Michael Porter Jr. is like top 10 player in the league because a, a lot of the cats that are in the league right now that are the top 10 they're up there in age. Kevin Durant's 32. LeBron's 36. Giannis is my age. Giannis is 26. Giannis is probably the only one of the only few dudes that will still be around. And even then, at that point, Giannis would be like 32. Um, Steph Curry might not even be in the NBA six years from now. Uh, James Harden. Kyrie, Kyrie will be 36 by that point. You know, so, I mean, it's definitely going to be a changing of the guard. So, Trey Young, John Morant, Zion Williamson, Michael Porter Jr., you know, all all these cats will definitely be, you know, probably the 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 best players in the NBA once that time comes, and Jason like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, et cetera, et cetera. So if he stays healthy, he will be a top ten player in the league. From what I've already seen from him when he's healthy, oh man, if he if he continues to get better, not if he will continue to get better. He's coming off a season where he averaged nineteen points and seven rebounds and shot 
man, one of the biggest, the biggest thing about Michael Porter Jr.'s game is how efficient he plays. And considering that he's playing alongside Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, the fact that he's supposed to, he's able to shoot as efficiently as he did is incredible. He shot 54% from the field, 40.5% from three last season. Again, he's a very, very efficient scorer. And, and he has all the tools to become an elite scorer in the NBA. He takes tough – and the crazy thing about his shooting percentage is how – he takes – this guy does not take simple shots. He takes tough shots, and he's com- comfortable shooting from anywhere on the court. He's 6'10", can, he has guard skills, can, can dribble, can shoot can score on all three levels. Like he honestly, within like a year or two, he's honestly one of those people where it doesn't really matter who you throw at him, he's gonna eat. We seen that in the bubble when they played against the Clippers. They were throwing, they're throwing all types of defenders at him. And it, it's crazy because people thought MPJ was crazy for saying in the after game four that he needs more touches in the offense because he can help the team win. And then what did they go on to do? They won three straight. He was a very integral part of that because he, he started getting touches. Their offense stopped being so predictable, and they went to work. And, and, and oh, man, it tapped that ass at that. Oh, my God. So, like I said, he already has the tools to become an elite player. He's a, like he's on – man, well, there's not really much to say. I'm going to let his game do the talking. And as the Nuggets – as the Nuggets front office and for the Nuggets Nuggets and to Nuggets fans, this was a no-brainer. Denver is not the sexiest destination for free agents. That's not that like the last free agent, the last big free agent Denver got. The last big No, actually, I was gonna say Andre Iguodala, but he was traded there. So I, I don't even remember the last sexy free agent that the Denver Nuggets got. Like I said, Denver isn't. Hot, isn't a big market team or anything like that, so they're not going to be the top of people's. You know, oh, I'm a free agent. I'm I'm, I'm gonna check out Denver, see what they're offering, see what they, it looks like over there. So, as the Nuggets, they can't just let players the caliber of Michael Porter Jr. just walk out their door because there 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 are countless teams across the league that would love to have Michael Porter Jr. and his services. So, props to them for you know putting up the money, and it seems like they believe in their core players that they have right now which is Michael Porter Jr., Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, and Aaron Gordon. All those dudes got paid. All those dudes are paid. All those dudes are under contract for at the bare minimum the next two seasons. Nikola Jokic contract expires in 2023. Jamal Murray's contract expires in 2025. Aaron Gordon's contract expires in 2026. And Michael Porter Jr.'s contract expires in 2027. So they have the core of this team locked in for the next two seasons. Um, I'm just I'm excited to see what they do because they are a championship caliber team. They can win a chip. And credit to the Denver Nuggets organization for taking a chance on Michael Porter Jr., man. This day was it, it was not it was not a certain that this day would ever come. This day would happen because of the simple fact that he had a lot of question marks. I, I seen an, I seen on him talking on JJ Reddick's podcast where, you know, JJ Reddick asked him, like, how do you feel about all those teams that passed on him? He said, you know, honestly. I'm not mad at them because it wasn't even it wasn't even a given that I was gonna keep, I was gonna continue to play basketball. It was it was, his back was that like it was that of a trying situation. There was so much uncertainty uncertainty behind his behind his back that I don't blame a lot of the teams for not drafting him, but I do credit the 
the Nuggets front office for taking the risk and pulling the trigger on him because at the end of the day, he was he he could have been, and he at, at the beginning of at at the point of where he graduated high school, he was projected to be the number one overall pick in the, in the following draft. So the fact that they were able to get a, a player of that caliber at that you know whatever credit to the Nuggets for pulling the trigger on that and. That concludes episode 67 of Pull Up the Tape. I am so excited to be back. I'm back, nigga. Every, hey, tell your mama, tell your daddy, tell your granddaddy, tell your mama's mama, tell your brother, tell your coach, I'm fucking back. It's, it's woo. Hey, hey, I'm back, and I ain't going nowhere. Oh, yeah, y'all better get used to this. Get used to this. Oh, yeah. I'm back, all right? My name is Michael Delu, and you just enjoyed. Hey, thank you. For, you just enjoyed my voice. I don't, I don't care if you enjoyed it, didn't, didn't, whatever. If you're listening, shout out to you, whether you're a hater, a supporter, my mama, family, whatever. Shout out to you. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna keep it. Keep it rocking. Chelsea fans, fuck with me. Laker fans, fuck with me. Jaguar fans, fuck with me. Trojan fans, fuck with me. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep this coming. We ain't going nowhere. All right. Once again, I apologize for the, for the hiatus. Will never happen again. All right? Y'all stay blessed. Y'all enjoy the rest of y'all day. And, oh, yeah, long live Gigi and long live Kobe. Stop playing with me. Dead homies.